Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, this is Tony Cotty, and you're listening to the We Are West End podcast. You are listening to the We Are West End podcast with me, Will Pugh, and my friend James Jones. We are back on the. I don't know what even the phrase for that is, Jones. You'd think I'd have had something prepared, given that this is the introduction to the podcast on the treadmill of podcasts is it on the back on the cycle that's the wrong word the hamster wheel the hamster wheel that'll do, that'll do. Yeah, that'll do. the hamster wheel of, of podcasting uh james it's delightful to see you um however if it wasn't for the james jones moniker in the bottom left of your screen that tells me who i'm on uh this stream yard uh podcast recording slash call with uh, I may have had to double check it was actually you uh, because in the, uh, um, what's it called? The the typical tabloid uh, headline, uh, you've had a body, trans- a stunning body transformation. Uh, the before and after photos that I had the, uh, well, the 50% misfortune of waking up to and the 50% uh, fortune of waking up to um the before the before photos horrifying the after photos absolutely <laughs> extraordinary <laughs> james jones uh you're like a new man mate um and as i think you've uh joked to your wife this morning um an appearance on the stage version or even the next installment of the movie of magic mike surely coming up yeah, thanks, mate. I'm um, yeah, I'm I'm certainly thinking of auditioning for the next edition of Magic Mike. Uh, this rate. Um, it's been it's been a good journey, but yeah, the, as you said, I've, I've this morning I looked in the mirror and realised the journey I've been on is is beginning to uh, bear its fruit. Yeah. So um, yeah, I've lost just over a stone, uh, fifteen pounds seven kilograms. So yeah, I've uh, and I've now I no longer have a gut that goes yeah. over your jeans. Yeah. Um. I can see muscle definition. Um, I can see the six pack that I used to have is beginning to show a little bit, a little bit again. So I'm, um, I'm feeling, I'm feeling. I might have to interject there, mate. I don't want to rain your parade. You do look absolutely incredible, and I'm all for big and people rather bringing them down. Six pack may be pushing it. It's getting there. It's getting there. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm not even in where I want to be yet. But believe it or not, I actually used to have a six pack. No, you have told me this on but several yeah. occasions. You also yeah, told me to. you used to play rugby. There's lots of things you've told me about your own yeah, life. I didn't yeah. So when I played rugby, I had a six pack. I was quite well. I was quite uh, well defined back then. Well honed. 
Um, but yeah, since since discovering beer and becoming a father, that ended up becoming a, I was ended up being a bit of a dad bod, and that's what mm. I noticed four months ago in August, and decided to do something about it. Um, signed up with an online PT who's uh, quite uh, who's known as reinventing the dad bod. Quality. Um, and I would recommend him to anyone. It is on my on my Instagram post. I've given him a shout out. So if anyone wants to go there and have a look, do I would I would recommend it. But just give me all the tools I needed to, to sort my life out a little bit. And here I am, yeah. a new man. No, mate, I absolutely love starting a podcast on a positive, as you know. And as you also know, we do this introductory bit about things that are going on in our lives um, to just extend the period in which we don't have to talk about West Ham. Um, and I absolutely love it when we're able to uh, we're able to discuss something positive going on in each one of our lives, particularly yours, mate. And I'm not being funny, um, but just over a stone for a man of only four foot eleven is not to be sneezed at, is it? <laughs> I'm not that sure. I'm not that sure. Um, yeah, yeah, it's, uh, it's not bad. I mean, I think I think at my peak in August I was thirteen uh, eight. Which mm. for my height and my age was was borderline obese. I think it was. Yeah. Um. It was definitely overweight. Now I'm twelve eight. I think something like mm. that. Um, yeah, mate. Absolutely extraordinary stuff. Well played. But um, I think in the time that you've been uh, dropping weight left, right, and centre, and making yourself look into the uh, the modern day Adonis that you now do, um, I think what's happened is uh, God, the God of weight loss if there is such a thing, um, has just been going, yeah, yeah, no, fair enough, Jonesy. Yeah, you can you can lose all that. You're putting the effort in. Uh, what I am going to do, though, is just transfer it onto your podcast co-host because um, I'm almost certain I've probably put on about a stone in the last, uh, over the last couple of months or so uh, from doing basically the polar opposite of you, determined not to uh, watch what I'm eating, determined not to exercise. <laughs> Do you know what the great thing is, though, and this is worth knowing, it's something that really opened my eyes to it, is that you don't have to, you don't really have to watch what you eat. I've been, I, st- I still drink, you know, pretty much as much as I used to. Excessively. <laughs> I, still, I still have the old pizza, right? I still have the old McDonald's. Um, but it's all about just making sure that you're always in a calorie deficit, and that that's it. Mm. Um, and up, up in your protein intake, obviously protein intake makes you lose weight quicker. So before I knew it, I was, I, my life, like, I, was losing weight without even essentially trying to. Mm. And obviously you've got to exercise as well. So just doing a lot of exercise. And... So yeah, you can do it. It's, it's easily done. You don't have to like really go out your way. You just got to be a little bit disciplined. Mm. Now I'm trying to, the sort of thing at the moment, not, not so much a diet, but like a lifestyle where I'm trying to um, lose weight without exercising at all and eating fast food two to three times a day. So I'm going to try that, see how I get on with that. It doesn't seem to be working yet. But no. <laughs> I'm determined to break the back of it over Christmas. Yeah. And then in January, I think I'll have a, a stern word of myself. No, but that is absolutely superb, Jonesy. And uh, yeah, what I would recommend, though, that look, I'm, I'm absolutely delighted for you, mate. And uh, I hope everyone else goes to your Instagram at by James Jones and checks out the positive progress you've made themselves. Uh, what I would note, though, if you listen to this podcast first thing in the morning, um, perhaps give it a few hours, give it till lunchtime and then go and have a look at uh, Josie's Insta because uh, I made the mistake of it being the first thing I looked at as I opened my eyes this morning and you really can't unsee it. 
<laughs> it's meant to be a motivational post. <laughs> oh, it is, mate. Listen, can do it. listen to me. I've only been up for 15 minutes. I'm super motivated, but just I just really didn't want to see Topless James Jones seeing no. into my mind for the first no. couple of hours of the day. You know what I mean? But no, James, it's brilliant, mate. Um, anything else going on? Anything else exciting, interesting? Uh, the 20th of December, we haven't really done much podcasting. We've done one during the World Cup uh, just shortly after England went out. France have gone on to... Uh, get to the final after beating England, but lost to Argentina on penalties. Big West Ham icon, uh, Lionel Scaloni. <laughs> I can't even bring myself to say it, mate. One of my colleagues made me watch the FA Cup final thing the other day. And his story is absolutely phenomenal. No coaching experience whatsoever, or very little. Uh, and he goes and wins the Copa America and then the World Cup with Argentina. I just don't care. I really do. It's so, and I still, I still can't get over it. I can't no. be pleased for him. I literally no. can't. One of my colleagues made me watch the FA Cup final. Gerard Gold the other day tried to make me feel better by saying, you know, Benny Ewan should have shut him down, and um, the ball could have been cleared here. The defensive shape wasn't good. Blah blah blah. And you know, it was a spectacular volley. I'm just not having it. I'm no. just not having it. I watched it again, and I thought over time, I'd made it worse in my head. You know what I mean? When you've like ah, you you've sort of convinced yourself it was worse than the reality. <laughs> Excuse me, actually was, but no, the reality is worse than I'd remembered. So so should have let it go out. I think it's someone one of Liverpool's like right or left back, Jan Kromkamp or someone completely random, who you'd only see if someone flashed up a photo of him now. Uh, it was like sort of half shutting him down, right? Half shutting him down, even though. <laughs> <coughs> excuse me, even though Liverpool had thrown the ball back to him like out of a sportsmanly thing because West Ham had kicked it out for a throw. But even that was no excuse. Even that's no excuse. You just shepherd it out of play. Mm. Just let it go out of play. Mm. And he didn't. And all right, he's won the World Cup. And someone put it to me yesterday morning that, you know, if um, Lionel Scaloni hadn't have made that mistake, West Ham might have signed him permanently. Uh, which meant he might not have gone back to Deportivo La Coruña, where we loaned him from. Um, he might not have met his wife, had the two children he's got, and then he may not have gone on to win the World Cup. It's a real sliding oh. doors moment, isn't it? Yeah, of course it is. And I yeah. appreciate, you know, I on like so that. So many levels. Normally. I love yeah. all that normally. Like, I love how every single minute decision we make can have an enormous ripple effect or impact on the rest of our lives and something that could happen in 5, 10, 15 years. I love all that. I really, really do. But it didn't make me feel any better. No. At all. I was just like, I don't care. I'd, I'd rather not have made the mistake. West Ham won the FA Cup. And I don't really give a stuff who would have won the uh, World Cup final on, on Sunday. It might not. Lionel Scaloni might have been nowhere near management. But that wouldn't have bothered me. And I would have never have known. And I would have been able to talk back to the day I would watch West Ham win the FA Cup in Cardiff. And it was one of the greatest days of my life. Instead of that. I'm riddled with bitterness, anger, and jealousy, or whatever. Um, meanwhile, big Lionel's up, probably forgotten about it. I don't suppose he thought about it once after the game, which is infuriating. That's out of all uh, mistaken. Exactly. Exactly. Should be. I'm. I can't believe he had the audacity to smile after winning the World Cup with his nation. Do you know what I mean? I don't know. Uh, I mean, yeah, sure fair enough. It, stuff, but you have to look back at your uh, your your mistakes in your career and really think about 
Exactly. Dwell on your mistakes. Dwell on your yeah. mistakes. I mean, particularly when it's such a massive yeah. mistake, like preventing West Ham from winning an FA Cup. Exactly. Um, yeah, I've got no time for the bloke. But on the flip <laughs> side, mate, on the flip side, Lionel Messi did close, shut the door on the whole GOAT debate. Yeah, that is true. I mean, there was really, really never a debate anyway, but <coughs> well, it was. Out. It's done. Lionel Messi is the greatest player to have ever walked this planet. No, no, no. Right, see, no. I, all, what he's actually done, he's closed the door on who's better out of him and Ronaldo. Okay, that's what he's done. Um, go and have a look at the picture of Pele holding three World Cups and then come back to me. No, but Messi's like far better player than Pele. Yeah, but he's not though, is he? Put Pele on all the pitches that uh, Messi was on. Messi had no chance. Same as Maradona. No. Messi's just been playing on snooker tables his whole life, hasn't he? Great still time. Big Pele was getting hacked left, right and centre by absolute butcher of football players uh, on the worst pitches ever. And he scored almost as many goals. Um, Lionel Messi's just had everything lined up for him. Barcelona Youth Academy, nutrition all his life. Blah, blah, blah. Never, ever played on a Sunday morning level pitch, has he? Absolutely no chance. Immaculate playing surfaces from the moment he came through. Mm-hmm. <coughs> Sorry, James. Don't know where this cough's come from. Um, yeah. Uh, stayed in his comfort zone most of his career at Barcelona. Only left once league regulations said he had to. Hasn't won, um, what's it called, league titles in as many divisions as Ronaldo has. And Pele's won three World Cup, so I would say, yeah, he's probably top three, but... We're not going to get into this debate. No, no, you're right. I'm just in a cantankerous mood because you're losing loads of weight and Lionel Scaloni's doing well in his career and his life. (laughs) Not not really in the mood at the moment. Um, So, yeah, Josie, I'd just ask you a question and proceeded to talk for um, however many minutes that was. How are you? What's been going on? Uh, thoughts on the World Cup, thoughts on football, Premier League football, excuse me, coming back on Boxing Day when West Ham go to Arsenal. Thoughts on your life in general? Talk to me. Um, life in general, obviously, we're just building up to Christmas now, mate. Isn't it? It's uh, it's come up very, very quickly. Um, so that's all very exciting. Um, but other than that, um, I'm just glad to have got the World Cup out of the way. It was an incredible final, but just glad to be welcoming proper football back. Um, it was actually a better tournament than, than I thought it would be. Obviously, our last podcast before the tournament, we I think we were both like, nah. I mean, I was a little bit more, can't be bothered with it than you were, but um, it was actually a good tournament. Once we got those early nil nils out of the way, um, I thought it was a, a, a pretty fun tournament. I watched none of it after England got knocked out by in the final because I'd lost a lot of yeah. I didn't watch. I didn't watch the semi finals or the third place playoff. <laughs> Um, but switched on the, the third final. place playoff was actually pretty good, but yeah, yeah, so I've heard. But the final was like it was well worth. Like I thought worth. you were like the final was all right. Yeah, no, it was it was class. It was <laughs> class. So, um, good World Cup, good World Cup. Um, I enjoy, I enjoyed it more than I thought I would do. Yeah. Uh, but now we've now it's over. Now we've got Christmas to look forward to, and then we've got. Um, unfortunately, we've got the return of West Ham to look forward to as well, which. Um, I'm quite excited about it, but at the same time, I just know that it's just going to be like, oh, I just want the World Cup back within. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Was it, was it seven, seven o'clock Boxing Day? We kick, we kick off 7.45. <clears throat> I think it's a late, late kickoff in it, or it might be a 3 p.m. I can't remember what it is, but I don't really care. Uh, I know no, that. 8 p.m. 8 p.m. 8 p.m. So within five minutes, of, well, eight, five minutes past eight on Boxing Day, I'm going to be like, I'll oh, just turn turn this game off. 
I'm going to yeah. rewatch the, the World Cup final or something like that. But um, <laughs> I'll just whack a Christmas just, film on, mate. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, it's all all good. Everything everything's fun. How are you, mate? I'm doing all right. Yeah, um, I've got this cough that I didn't realise. Well, I hadn't had until I logged onto the podcast this morning, so that's not ideal. Um, other than that, yeah, Christmas preparation. I've actually got a rare uh, nine day stint off over Christmas, which in our industry, as you know, yeah, is extremely rare. So I'm very much looking forward to that. Uh, I'm heading back down to Essex from uh, my London home to yeah go and hang out with my family. I'm going to have a couple of weeks off all of my, well, say nine days it is, um, almost two weeks off of all of my usual um, writing, broadcasting commitments, which I haven't done for a very long time. I'm just going to switch off entirely, uh, sit around, uh, enjoy seeing some of my friends from home, some of my family, uh, eating good food and yeah, enjoying um, company of my family and friends, and no doubt getting annoyed by um, my mum, dad, and sister uh, within about I would say twenty four to forty eight hours of uh, of being back, um, and then feel like I have to endure the remaining seven days that I've got there. But no, it's all uh, it's all very good, mate. Yeah, nothing. Um, it's a very what would I call traditional run-of-the-mill Christmas coming up um, for me, back to the family home and all that sort of stuff. And I haven't done any more uh, Christmas preparation than I had last time I spoke to you and I was quite proud of myself for being so ahead of the game. Um, so, yeah, I'll, I'll do some of that at some point this week. I appreciate it's the 20th, but... Um... <laughs> <laughs> at some point. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I'll address that one way or the other. Uh, but, yeah, all good, mate, all good. Um, I'm a... I just will say mid-season World Cups, not for me. I appreciate the football was good. Um, unfortunately, I think people are just accepting of the fact that, not accepting of, uh, I think it's important to note still. I, I just still think, you know, the football was great, but I, I just sort of find it a bit trite. And I'm not saying this to you. I just find it a bit trite when people <clears throat> sort of, you know, high-level pundits or whatever going, oh, you know, we have to be aware of, what happened before, but the football was brilliant and what a World Cup and da-da-da. It's like, well, all right, but the amount of people who had to die to get the like tournament on in the first place and the way people were treated, that sort of thing, I don't really care what anyone else sort of says about that. Um, I, I just think it has an asterisk next to it. It just... <clears throat> I can't really get away from that, really. And I think the mid-season thing is obviously part of it. Um, but that fact is I just find the... I think, you know, we perhaps all suspected that there were some dodgy goings-on in organisations like FIFA and UEFA in the past. Appreciate UEFA enough to do the World Cup. Um, but I just feel it's just so... It's even it's just so galling this time. And so we don't really care because people will just lap up the football, whatever happens. Um, so yeah, I've just found it all a little bit uncomfortable, really. And I, I, I'm really glad. I think Roy Keane it was who signed the tournament off the other day. With and he he he, he, was, he said the same. He said the football's been good, blah blah blah. But he said this tournament stained, and that was one of the last things he said on ITV as part of his broadcast. And I'm really glad. Um, <clears throat> you know, I think we've seen similar stuff with the move to the London Stadium and all that sort of thing. It, those these those things leave 
a bit of a bitter taste in your mouth and they sort of, uh, you know, and I'm not comparing the two by any stretch of the imagination, but I just mean where where sort of the, the powers that be in football just do what they like because they're the rich and powerful ones and they can and they know that people will follow. That was the West Ham board's mindset when they moved to London Stadium, wasn't it? Fans will come because they love football so much. It doesn't really matter how we how we treat them or how we mess them around. Um, and unfortunately, it's kind of rung true with this tournament. Yeah, you know, I didn't boycott it. I'm sitting here and sort of going, ah, oh, and, and saying all this stuff. But but I still watched it. Um, I sort of obviously have to professionally, but I, let's be honest, I'm not going to, you know, pull the wool over your eyes. I would have probably done, watched some of the games anyway, even if I wasn't, mm. you know, paid to. Um, so no, I just, I, I find it a little bit galling and, you know, it's great watching um, some of the scenes of some of my friends in Buenos Aires the other day celebrating it and I'm delighted for them, blah, blah, blah. I just find that this was even more like in your face, putting in the middle of the season doesn't work. All these, you know, set blatter's been suspended from football because of how the tournament was awarded to them in the first place. The <clears throat> quite ca- the richest country in the world paying migrant workers absolute pittance of salaries when they can afford to pay them so much more. Um, mm. And then the treatment, you know, the safety conditions and the amount of people who had to die to get the stadiums there in the first place. That's the legacy of it for me, to be quite honest with you. I had nothing to do. All the pictures of Lionel Messi are nice. Even putting him in that traditional sort of um, a bisht, I think it's called, uh, the traditional robe. And the final, it's just so like, what is going on here? What has happened? Like, what? how is this okay for people? I, I agree with you. I think everyone has the same mind uh, train of thought, though, in terms of, yeah, the football was good, but, you know, essentially the tournament shouldn't have, shouldn't have been in Qatar, mm. let alone in the middle of, a, you know, in the middle of winter. Um, but I think it got to a stage in the World Cup where, I think people may have just, just felt like, okay, well, we've already gone over that. Everyone, yeah, established, yeah. Established this. <laughs> yeah. Everyone knows that the the reason why I could target the World Cup is because um, of, you know, corruption. Um, everyone knows that a country like Qatar should not be hosting the World Cup because of, you know, X, Y, Z, human rights record, you know, yeah. die building stadiums, X, Y, Z. So I think a lot of people got to the point, maybe a week in, even maybe a few days in, just going, well, let's just talk about the football now. Like, there are games on. It's a World Cup. Let's just enjoy it. Mm. Um, and Roy Keane's right. Yeah, it will always be stained. Um, but at the same time, it was a good tournament. It was a great final. One of the best finals ever. Yeah. Um, and you go, okay, fair enough. Annoyingly, it has to be the fact that one of the best finals ever was held at the Qatar World Cup. On the <laughs> yeah, World you Cup. almost want it to be a you damage. Gonna, it, yeah. You're going to look back on that final and kind of always go, oh, yeah, but it wasn't Qatar, wasn't it? That's a bit annoying. But, you know... That's just, I mean, it, we've been debating it for, for a long, long time. Um, probably not long enough, I would say. It, it felt like, yeah, there was outrage. Well, that's what I'm saying, mate. It was outrage 12 years ago when it was awarded. Um, and then there was almost it was 11 and a half years of silence. And then as soon as it hit the beginning of 2022, everyone was like, oh, that really controversial World Cup's coming up at the end of this year. We better start, you know, having a, having a go. Um, and as the year went on, it, you know, things start getting a bit louder. But by then, like, what, what are you going to change? Yeah, the thing is, though, mate, not- yeah, you can raise awareness, yeah. um, you can expose a lot of the wrongdoing that goes on in that country, um, mm. particularly with the migrant workers. 
Um, but I think a lot of a lot of the talk was too little, too late, and you know, uh, too little, too late in a way that it wasn't going to influence any change. Um, but yeah, I, I think that you know, I, I think everyone's <laughs> it just feels the same way. Yeah, uh, and frustratingly. Um, annoyingly, you know, the, you talked about the Bish there and they, they put it on message before he left the trophy. That's actually against FIFA rules and regulations. Mm. It's against the law, um, football's laws. Um, and it's just another example of just Qatar just doing what, whatever they wanted because they knew they paid FIFA a hell of a lot of money and FIFA were too scared to go, no, you can't do that. Um, yeah. <clears throat> yeah. But and I just, just worth noting now, mate, with that, uh, the Bish that the, uh, during the ceremony, I've got app like people going, oh, that's a, a real sign of, of honor in, in Arab culture. And I understand that and I appreciate that. And it's brilliant. Um, but you, you know, at the, uh, at, do it after the ceremony, do it after the, you, you won't at the, well, you probably will, to be fair. I was just going to say at the American, uh, ceremony next year, you won't have them like perching a bald eagle and handing the Bible to the World Cup winning captain. But knowing the Americans, you, pr you probably would. And, you know, if it was in England, we wouldn't put a crown on the World Cup winner for the photos, would we? Like, no. let, let's have it right. That was a, a deliberate move, you know, to for one of the most iconic photos uh, in the world that will be taken this year and that will last for years uh, in historical archives and be shown time and time and time again, the fact that Lionel Messi, who it's worth noting, he received that um, in the presentation of the Qatari Emir, who's effectively his ultimate boss because yep. PSG are Qatari owned. So, <clears throat> you know, he did take it off eventually. Um, but I, I, I've got no problem with, with presenting him something like that that is an honour in that tradition. That, that's absolutely fine. I just feel the like the the, mo the, 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 motive, the motive was was completely wrong. Of it? course, and just like preserve the there's so little of that in football these days. Like preserve the the sanctity of of the moment, or I mean, the sanctity of the tournament's already been nosed up by moving it into the middle of winter uh, and holding it. In a nation like Qatar, it's going to be nosed up further when there's more teams uh, next time around, which is going to be more games of lower quality just for broadcasting revenues, etc., etc. I can almost guarantee that the 2030 World Cup is going to be held in Saudi Arabia. You can already that. feel it, mate. Of I course, say that. it's very, very obvious that that's 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 coming, isn't it? Yeah, it's Infantino's Infantino's rhetoric already about oh, it's the best World Cup ever blah, 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 um, about Qatar is obviously, and you can tell, you can see how it's going to happen. And then it's going to be our oh, following the best world cup ever in Qatar in the middle East. Um, you know, we, we've seen now, um, you know, we, we've seen the delivery of the tournament, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, I just, that's what I find galling. I don't know if it's mate. Do you think it's because we're getting old? I honestly don't think it is because of the topics we're talking about, but for example, football, for my dad, right, by the time he'd got to my age, 31, or your age, you know, a couple of years older than me or whatever, football will have changed drastically for him, right? And you always hear it, don't you, from the generation above us, when our oh, football got really soft and oh, the rest of the foul stopped getting given. Yeah, yeah, oh, it's just not the same. And diving come into the game and it's just not the same as it was when I grew up. Do you think there's a bit of that from us and that we're just getting old? 
but for me, I look back and go, well, no, the World Cup has always been that amount of teams. It's always been in the summer. It's always been da 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 da. Like keep some things the same. No, I, where, the, where the World Cup's concerned, I don't think it's a case of that. You're right. It's a summer tournament. It always has been, always should be. Hmm. Um, it should always be the same format that it is right now. It's hmm. the format that works best. We saw it in the World Cup just gone with the a lot of the third third round of group matches. The amount of jeopardy that was involved. I mean, yeah. that, that, that three minutes um, when both Germany and Spain were getting knocked out was yeah. the best three minutes of the World Cup because yeah. it was so exciting. Yeah, and, and like, Japan and Costa Rica could have gone exactly. through. You're just place. like, this yeah, is incredible. Yeah, yeah. It only lasted three minutes, but it was three minutes. Of just like, <clears> I can't believe this is happening. But with the new with the new format that they want to put in place, like you lose the jeopardy. Like, you don't get that anymore. The group stage well, has just become. Infantino said he'll reconsider it, won't he? Well, he's got because like, of just, jeopardy. Yeah, I don't see why. How you think the new format would work um, and would no. make the World Cup more exciting than than it already. But is. that's not. But that's not the driving factor, is it, mate? Obviously, driving, we know that now. Driving yeah. motivator yeah. is yeah. financial, of, of course, as it always is. And I think that's that's what I find a bit galling, mate. Right? Football's the people's game, isn't it? Yeah, and it should be the people's game. It's not the people's game. Yeah, but the thing is, the thing is, it is still the it's still loved by the people, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? Like you see the scenes, it's like millions of people out in Buenos Aires celebrating the World Cup. Um, fans all over the world, which is why football is so easily monetized via TV revenues, because people across the planet want to watch it. I saw a graphic yesterday. Four billion people watched the World Cup final uh, and compared to 110 or something who watched the the Super Bowl. Um it still is the game of the people. The people love it. And I think with that, it's just so easily monetized, isn't it? You know, in the, in times of strife and hardship as we're going through at the moment, as you know, I mean, Argentina are in absolute, I mean, there's no other word for it, stuck at the moment, like politically. And we think we've got it bad over here economically. They're having a nightmare. Um, but, you know, a, People, people love football still, don't they? And I, I just, mm. and that's what I hate about it. Because of that, because people love football so much, and it's often the most important thing in their lives. Whether they're watching it in in India or China or Malaysia or Brazil, Peru, Chile, Uruguay, Canada, Ethiopia, the Ivory Coast, wherever they're watching it across the world, right? It's often the most important thing in their lives. And I just think people the people in charge of it know that and <clears throat> they will they will monetize it and they'll do whatever they like because it, it do you know what i mean because they know that people will just know what mate honestly what's the chances of any like no teams were ever going to boycott this competition were they no, which would have been no. brilliant mate honestly and you know germany sort of probably took the loudest of stands and all they did was put their hands over their mouths in a pre-match photo which is great and i was all for it and i think it's brilliant um but you know as soon as it got to the stage where you know the older country's going to wear the one love armbands which i think somebody I haven't mentioned just now the lgbt rights and record in a country like that and as soon as it was like oh oh, what, we're going to get a yellow card if we wear those? Oh, well, we won't do that then. So, oh, it's not a protest then, is it? If you're not willing to take some sort of risk of like, um, you know, against like 
actual protesters take risks against their safety or whatever it is. But like, if if your your main fear is like, you know, get one of the subs to walk out of it on, get James Madison to walk out of it on. It don't matter if he got booked; he was never going to play, was he? He was. He wasn't there for anything else, was he? So he might as well no, make it useful. Exactly. No, I just you know, mate. I, I, yeah, I don't know. I think that's it, just the whole thing, and what's going to inevitably happen. The, the, the World Cup in USA, Mexico, Canada. Um, next time round, summer tournament would probably be pretty good. Spreading it over three countries seems a little bit unnecessary, but, you know, uh, I'm sure that'll be okay. Um, and uh, I don't know. I've, I can just see it now. It will be in Saudi Arabia, won't it? <laughs> it will be in Saudi Arabia in 2030. And I just mm. find... And it will be a winter World Cup. So I'd just like to add that. I've got no problem at all with the tournament being in Saudi Arabia. Um, again, perhaps I do because of some of their views on, um, you human know, their rights. human rights record. And yeah, and exactly, yeah. And their sort of approach to what it would be like for, you know, women or LGBT people to live there or go there, sorry. Um, so yeah, okay, I probably do have a problem with that. But it, you know, the Winter World Cup, again, because it will be because of the heat. It's just like, you've got to maintain the sanctity of some things, surely. Mm. And it's just a bit distasteful. Anyway, Jonesy, I didn't really think this was going to be a World Cup uh, rant episode. Uh, I don't know if you mentioned West Ham once. We're 31 minutes in. This is absolutely brilliant. We've got Dan Cutts coming on. Um, it's a sports editor. Uh, for the Sun and a huge gooner, been on the podcast in on several occasions in the past. Uh, he's a good guy. He's coming on in about seven minutes' time. Um, it might not be seven minutes for you because this will be edited, but it's seven minutes for me and Jonesy. Uh, Jonesy, before we do, before we get Cutsy on to talk about that game um, on Boxing Day, what uh, are your thoughts ahead of it? We have got Brentford... Uh, coming up the following Friday, um, but we'll hope to do a separate podcast um, or even just an opposition view ahead of that game. So all we're going to do is chat about Arsenal, then say goodbye. Um, what are your thoughts, just briefly, Jonesy, ahead of uh, the Arsenal game before Cutsy comes on? Well, I, I alluded it, alluded to it at the beginning. Um, as much as I'm looking forward to having West Ham back, um, I'm not looking forward to this. I've said it before that, you know, given the situation that we're in, the form that we're in going into the break. Um, so then have to return after six weeks and it'd be Arsenal away and Arsenal, Arsenal in the form they're in, um, top of the league, you know, having a really, really good season so far. I've heard some people say, actually, this might be the best time of the season to play a team like Arsenal because the World Cup came at a bad time for them, but a good time for us, essentially, if you're going to look at it like that. Mm. Um, but... You know, in well during the World Cup, we've picked up injuries and we haven't got defence in it again. The Zoom is out. Um, Aguirre question. Well, they haven't got a, they haven't got a, an attack though either, have they? To be fair, no, true. But I mean, I mean, even if they haven't got an attack, I'd still back their attack against our their second string attack against our st- second string defence. Um, but yeah, <laughs> I think. Ketia, though, mate. Well, I, I mean, I don't know, I don't know, but. I'm looking forward to it. Hopefully, we can get something. I've been never, we rarely get anything at um, the Emirates from last year. It was around about this time last year we played, played Arsenal. Yeah, the Emirates I went we, with Cutsy, we actually. We were robbed, didn't we? Sufa was, was, um, was red carded for winning the ball. Um, yeah. And I think they got uh, that led to a dodgy penalty, which they scored. Um, so, yeah, I mean, we just, it's not really a good place for us to go at the best of times. 
Uh, and it's just going to be, I, I hope it's not going to be, but I do feel like it's going to be just a, a return to, oh my God, I think we're going to go down. Um, but I do I, I do feel quite positive that we're jamming with the corner and um, a few, <laughs> no, beyond positive, Arsenal, mate. beyond Arsenal, beyond Arsenal. sounds really positive. Um, I do feel positive that, no, we're going to do a little bit of business in January, hopefully. Strength from where we need to strengthen. We brought in this Brazilian lad, Luizial, who um, oh, people God. keep saying. People keep saying. I mean, I've got to mention this actually because people keep saying, "Oh, he's a really highly rated twenty-year-old Brazilian." Uh, have you seen a picture of him? He's definitely not twenty years old, by the way. Um, he's at least twenty-nine, thirty. Um, <laughs> but he's meant to be this highly rated Brazilian youngster coming through. I'm, I'm not being funny. If he's if he's that highly rated, he wouldn't be going straight into the twenty-ones. If you go straight, the no, first mate, time. that's exactly and, what I And said if he was day, that yeah. highly rated, we wouldn't have got him on a free transfer. And if he was that highly rated, it'd, it'd sign for Real Madrid or Man City this, this winter. Mm. Real Madrid had just bought the um, the promising Brazilian coming out of Brazil at the moment in Endrick for like 70 odd million euros or whatever it is. He's the one that everyone's going, yeah, that's the next top class Brazilian. Not Luisiao, who's just signed for West Ham in a relegation battle in the Premier League. Um, so yeah, he might turn out to be quite not good. even. He's not even going to be getting involved in the no, relegation. Like, he might turn out to be a good signing, but uh, I've seen a lot of going, Oh, yeah, we've got this young, really good, really, really good Brazilian. You hadn't heard of him two weeks ago, yeah, I know exactly. Like, yeah, now yeah, he's yeah. like, Oh, he's the most promising Brazilian to come out since Neymar or whoever else. And it's just like, Come on, <laughs> if he was that good, he wouldn't be signing for West Ham on a free transfer in the middle of a season. Um, and mate, I'm not being funny, but it's not like beyond the realms of possibility for someone aged 20 to go into a first team. Do you know what I mean? No, exactly. He's, exactly. He's, he's actually going to be quite old for the development team. Like, if you look at all the other young foreign players that we've signed over the years that have gone straight into the um, into the 21s with a view of eventually becoming first team players, not a yeah. single one that I can remember has actually become a first team player. Mate, the honestly, the I saw the Tony Martinez. Tony Martinez is the one that really stands out. Fred, Frederick, Frederick Ibsen, something or other, because highly rated Danish centre back. Oh yeah, I remember him. Like, he was meant to be top class. I think we've even let go of him now. I don't think he's still right. at the club anymore. Yeah. So many that we've gone. Oh yeah, he's good. But you can go in twenty ones first. Just bed him in, and then we'll see what happens. And you just don't hear him again. Like they've gone, no, no, no. Uh, disappeared. No. So um, hopefully he, he comes good. But I have no hope. Really, Mate, um, I had I had this same conversation yesterday. So I think he signed a three and a half year deal because he's coming in mid midway through the season uh, till the summer of twenty twenty six. I literally said this when I was in the office the other day. Uh, the story broke. A few of the lads are going up. Oh, yeah, I will obviously like taking the mickey out of me, as you well know. Oh yeah, West Ham are going to be all right, mate. You just signed a twenty year old Brazilian defender, Luiziao. Uh, you know the one everyone's been talking about. Um, <laughs> Yeah, and I just said, I said, no more in three and a half years, no more than 10 appearances, all in the League Cup early rounds. Definitely no more than 10 appearances. Uh, Surprised if he even gets to that many. Um, Maybe on the bench a couple of times when our squad is dangerously thin because we've got, um, what's it called, load of injuries or whatever. We'll never play in the Premier League, uh, sold to... I don't know, like Cadiz or someone in the Spanish second or third tier yeah. for half a million quid in three years after we've paid him more than half a million quid in wages. Yeah. Absolutely. You'll never hear of that man again. And everyone was laughing, but that is what will happen. So, yeah. Um, 
Yeah, right, Jonesy. Uh, I've, I've, Cutsy is, um, he's got the nod for the link. As far as Arsenal goes, and I mean, I'm not sure. I'm going to put him on the spot actually when he comes on the podcast because Cutsy, um, is an Arsenal fan. Uh, I actually went to the game at the Emirates with him last season. It was a robbery. It was quite an unbearable experience, quite honestly. Um, and yeah, I'm, I'm led to believe that he's sorted out some tickets again. And yeah, I've been badgering him for a, sort of a month or two. Oh, you've got to sort the tickets out. Where are we going? Are we going? And he texted me back the other day. He was like, yeah, I, th- I think I've sorted them. Uh, and now I'm just thinking, oh, what have I done that for? Why am I giving up my, <laughs> why am I giving up my box today? <laughs> to go all the way to North London from Essex to watch us lose 4-1 to Arsenal when the one comes in the 88th minute when it doesn't matter anymore. Um, so, yeah, I, I must admit, I'm I'm of, uh, I'm of similar similar belief at the moment, as if by magic, the absolutely perfect timing, um, Dan Cutts has logged in. This has been a seamless podcast. No break. Yeah. yeah, it's absolutely fun. Beautiful. And talking of beautiful, uh, Dan Cutts, sports journalist, big gooner from uh, The Sun, joins us as promised. Cutsy, absolutely delightful to have you on with us on the show. I was just saying to Jonesy how me and you went to the game last season together at the Emirates uh, and it was quite the unbearable experience. I mean, the whole <laughs> evening was lovely because you're a wonderful person. Uh, <laughs> but the, it was the unbearable experience as have you dancing up and down next to me. Uh, in the seats, paying no heed whatsoever to the fact that I was gutted um, by West Ham being robbed in front of my eyes. Uh, and then uh, just saying how I've been badgering you for a couple of months to sort out the tickets for this game. What's going on? What's going on? And as soon as you replied the other day and said that you may have done so, I thought, well, what have I done that for? Why am I doing that? I'm <laughs> wasting my boxing day. Uh, going to the Emirates. How are you, mate? Nice to see you. Thanks for coming back on the show again. Feeling good about the Gooners, yes or no? Uh, yeah, no, thanks for having me, chaps. Uh, yeah, it was great last year, wasn't it? Um, if you weren't away, it was a great family. day. <laughs> yeah, it was an enjoyable day, enjoyable Christmas yeah. day. I'm all right, mate. I'm good. Uh, looking forward to the Premier League coming back. Um, could have done with a longer break, as we all uh, probably could after a World Cup. It's to go from uh, the highs of the final to um, a freezing cold Emirates on uh, on Monday is going to be a bit of a contrast. But uh, looking forward to to watching them and uh, excited um, to see where or how we get going again, to be honest with you, after obviously the first four months of the season, incredible start. Um, and then as only Arsenal could, getting uh, one of our most important players injured during the World Cup after playing about 10 minutes of football. Um, but we'll see how we cope without him, uh, without Jesus. Uh, and it's, it's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. I can't wait to get back, to be honest with you. You mentioned the Gabriel Jesus thing there, Katsi. Is it, is it as, I mean, you know, Mikel Arteta came out the other day and said um, he has every confidence in Eddie and Ketia's ability to fill the void, uh, which I've only just stopped laughing about, to be quite honest with you. I'm not sure I have his optimism, um, <laughs> but we'll see. Right. But Jonesy did make quite a prudent point just now uh, and suggested that actually... Um, I'd rather I'd still back Arsenal's second string attack against West Ham's second string defence with a couple of injury woes of our own. Um, yeah, how are you sort of feeling ahead of the game generally, or is it just hard to tell because of the World Cup? You don't know what form every team's going to go into it in. 
Well, I imagine you've had much the same conversation about literally not knowing what West Ham were going to turn up. Um, to be honest, Cutsy, I... we tried not to talk about West Ham. We've been on for 42 <laughs> minutes. We've just spoke about everything else in our lives. <laughs> that bad, is it, chaps? That bad. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, I uh, I don't, yeah, it's the not knowing. That's kind of the enjoyment of it as well. Um, and not knowing, obviously, Saka and and um, Martinelli and, and those players haven't had much game time since going away and coming back from the World Cup. Saka's not going to have any game time between then um, and a few training ses- uh, sessions in between. Um, same with Martinelli. Um, like, it's, we've, we've our, our whole frontline attack hasn't played um, well if you take Jesus out of it, hasn't, wouldn't have played played for a couple of weeks after leaving the World Cup but it's it's kind of the, the unknown for us really, if they get if they get going like they, they would uh, play in before, before the World Cup then we'll be absolutely fine because I mean Saka even in the, I mean I thought he was sensational during the World Cup, I thought he was probably England's best player outside of Bellingham Um and Martinelli didn't really have much game time, so I don't know really know where he's going to be at with his fitness. Um, in Ketia's situation, as we said, I'm I don't have the same hope um, as Arteta does. I, I don't know if you caught we had a friendly on on over the weekend against Juventus, uh, which we lost two nil from two own goals at home and played really well in that game. And uh, Ketia had a few chances um, in that uh, and didn't look. He looked, he looked sharp, but he didn't look. He, he's never been that goal threat that I've, that we 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 crave really. So I, I mean, I think January a striker, my personal opinion, would be a, a striker would be priority as a as a backup for him. But when you've given Inketia a new long term contract and a lot of money, you kind of have to back him. You kind of have to go all in on him. To be honest with you, because. He's yeah, like I say, he's on he's on huge wages now. It's gonna be interesting three months to see if he can. This may sort of make or break for him, Arsenal. To be honest with you, I feel like if he can't can't fill the the void of Hazus now, he's he's never gonna never gonna really be a frontline Arsenal striker. Dan, I was saying to Will before you came on that um, it felt it feels like. Both of these clubs going into this game with very different views. Obviously, the World Cup came at probably the arguably the best time for us because we were in such poor form and just needed yeah. a break from everything. Um, whereas it probably came at the wrong time for you in that you were top of league, not many injury worries. Um, would you agree with that? Like Because we all kind of like, I, I, yeah. he didn't say anything, but he kind of looked at me as if like, you're talking rubbish, mate. He, he, he turned his nose up a little bit when I said it. Um, but it, surely that adds to the... Um, to the question marks over whether Arsenal can go on and, and, and actually win the title this year, because certainly certainly one of the favourites given the early start, of, uh, early form at the beginning of the season. Mm. If you don't go on and win it, there's your excuse, isn't it? It's the World Cup. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, yeah, I like every Arsenal fan. I think was looking forward to the World Cup, but also thought, oh God, why? Of all the seasons that we have a window World Cup in between, this yeah. is the season in the last. 20 years where we actually look quite decent and <laughs> yeah, like we yeah, can yeah. compete for the title. It was the most Arsenal thing to ever happen, to be honest with you. Um, but yeah, I know I agree with you. I We didn't want it. Uh, nobody, no Arsenal fan wanted it to come. We would, we were absolutely, we've, we've been flying all season. We've been brilliant and City just started to slip, didn't they? They had that 
uh, Brentford lost towards the end um, and they didn't look like the force they had done over the previous few months before that because um, it looked like we were both going to run away with it and now I come back and all the murmurings out of City is that they're absolutely firing, they've been training um, unbelievably, Haaland's fit again, like all of the things that you don't want um, uh, to come out of City it all looks like it's a happy camp up there and all of the it, and that's not to say that Arsenal's not, it's just obviously it's a bit of a downer after Jesus his injury, who's I know he wasn't getting the goals. Um, I mean, that's well, that always been so him. That. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, like the, 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 yeah, the World Cup. Honestly, like if you watch our games, though, Will, he is so important to the way yeah. we play. It's unbelievable. He does everything you want in a striker. I think he's only got maybe five or six goals in the league this year, but his everything that we do positively come through him. All of the uh, attacking and, and, and to be honest with you, defense, defensive, like the, the, just the pressure he puts on the other team that you'd see him at making tackles at left back. Like he, the amount of work rate he gets through and you can't really, you can't replace that. And that's mm. a, that is, that's a huge worry because Nketiah is a, he's a focal point. He'll sit, he'll sit up front and not, and not, um, do the things that that Hazus does, and yeah, I mean, like like you say, I yeah, I was hoping the World Cup wasn't going to come around, but it's come around now, and it's just about whether we can really can match where we were. Well, look, Katsy, I mean, it's easy for people to smirk and grin from ear to ear when the words Arsenal and title contenders are used in the same sentence. And by you're going to put I this mean, on me, aren't you? I know where this no. is going. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and when I say it's easy for people to smirk, I mean it's easy for me to smirk when people do that because yeah. um, it just still the the prospect of Arsenal genuinely being title contenders uh, is still a funny one to me. Well, we're just uh, coming up to midway through, fourteen games played, level with um, City on games played, and then Newcastle in third and Tottenham in fourth have both played a game more than Arsenal. You're five points clear of Manchester City after the same amount of games played, like I mentioned. Seven points clear of Newcastle in third and eight clear of Tottenham in fourth. I, I appreciate, with obviously, with the World Cup, and it, it, we're, we don't know yet what factor that's going to, or what impact that's going to have on, on the Premier League and, and each team, etc., etc. Is it one of those where you go, OK, look, I think we're top four this season, to be fair, and I think we've probably finished above Tottenham. Or do you go, no, we're five points clear at the top. We're nearly halfway through the season. Well, yes, nearly halfway. You've got five games till we're at the halfway mark. Yeah. There is an enormously long way to go. Is it a realistic? Uh, are you laughing as much as everyone else? Again, me, uh, when <laughs> it suggested Arsenal were in the title race? Who's played better than us, Will, this season? Honestly, I... I... God, he thinks, first... Matt, he thinks they're going to win it, James, isn't he? He's already planned the title. Like, you can you hear it what? in his voice. I, I, was, I was much like everyone else. Don't worry. I was the same smirking, <laughs> winding people, doing it to wind people up, um, saying it after five games or whatever, just to wind people up. But the closer you got to Christmas and the, the more I watched us play, I was like, 
and there would be games where we didn't play well um, or we just got through it and we played Leeds away a couple of games before the yeah. end and, uh, and they absolutely battered us um, in the second half and we came away with a 1-0 win and after that I thought that's the type of game that in years gone by where teams that are successful look at those games and think like you need there's it's not always going to be the the free flowing football city have had games like that when they when they've had title winning teams over the years where they they just grind out a result and we had a good mix towards the end of grinding out results and playing really nice football um so I don't see why not. I really don't. I think Hazes is a huge loss to us. But what's the point watching football if you're not going to like dare to dream about winning the Premier League, especially with five points clear at Christmas? I think there's the stat is that one only one time in the last I don't know what it was, fifteen years or something, has a team at Christmas not won the league. I mean, it would just be Arsenal, like <laughs> Arsenal, to be the second team in that that stat. But I don't, I don't see why not. I really no, but don't. To be I fair, really that don't. is that is that that Christmas point is normally after twenty games or whatever, isn't it? To be fair, yeah. but it is rather than we're effectively. I know months wise, calendar wise, we're halfway through the season, but but technically yeah. we're we're a little over a third, aren't we? But I, I do see what you mean. I'm absolutely delighted to hear that. Cutsy, I'm glad there's video well, evidence of it. It's going to bite me, isn't oh, it? So, of course it is. I reckon yeah. about February when it's guaranteed that you can't win the Premier League anymore. I'll be making <laughs> sure you delete this podcast at the end of the season <laughs> off the internet. Uh, so it never comes back to, uh, to see the light of day. <laughs> um, go on, James. James. Yeah, but let's look ahead to, to Boxing Day then. Um, obviously, we've, we've had... I don't know how many friendlies Arsenal have had. We've had, I think we had three or four um, unbeaten, which obviously means absolutely nothing. But what, <laughs> what how have Arsenal been in, in their sort of mini season, pre-season in the middle of a season? Um, and do you think that you can read much into that going into, going into Sunday? Because you said right at the beginning that you don't really know what West Ham and what Arsenal are going to turn up. It's difficult to no. really make any like real predictions on form or anything like that. We so we had three games uh, and played well in all of them. We won the two. We went to Dubai uh, for a sort of like you say the mid-season uh, warm weather training and had two games out there and and won both and and played pretty well in both of them. Um, looked quite Did sharp. Did you play cuts? We played uh, AC Milan uh, and who was the first game against? I can't remember our first game now. I'll remember it in a second. Yeah. Um, but and then obviously came back um, and had our first game at home against Juventus on uh, the weekend um, and um, lost 2-0 actually it? it was Leon, Leon. It, it was Leon, Leon. It was Leon. Yeah, yeah. yeah it was Leon and AC Milan um, yeah. and ended Did up winning did they both go the... to penalties yeah that was part of the, the... Every game went to that in that trophy. It was a oh, weird. You, you, won, like... you won 3-0 and then won 2-1 on penalties. And you beat exactly. AC Milan 2-1 and then won 4-3 on penalties. <laughs> exactly. And won the Dubai Super Cup. So that was the start, oh, of, the, start, of, the, the start of the quadruple season. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it, it was good. It was actually quite quite a, a decent sort of... It, Arteta said during it actually that it went really well. And despite not having a lot of the... World Cup players back in that um, players like Granit Xhaka went literally straight from the World Cup 
um, knockout stages with Switzerland to um, straight into training. And I think he was really, I think that sort of showed where the club is at. Players like Saka as well only had a couple of days off and then went straight into back into training. The the mentality, like he, the mentality he's got those players um, like under at the minute is incredible. Like they, they are all in with him, and it's brilliant. Um, so yeah, we had those two games um, and played well, and then we came back on uh, the weekend and lost two 0 two own goals, as I say. But actually played really well. Um, like I think we had like nineteen shots or something, and they had two or three shots with one on target, and we lost two 0 It was one of those type of games, um, but but looked pretty sharp. And then, but going into Boxing Day, it's totally different. Like you say, altogether, it's um, no one knows what West, like what West Ham is going to. Well, you, you've probably got quite a good notion of what West Ham. Is <laughs> yeah, I can tell you. And I quickly, and I hope yeah. and I hope the West Ham that you two fear uh, turns <laughs> up. But um, I'm kind of confident that he'll have them go in the same. Like he won't um, stand. He won't let standards slip. Like that's not something that he will allow and um I'm kind of think we'll we'll hit the ground running quite quickly again. I hope so anyway. So well I just see it playing out style wise then Cutsy because of you know team news and or sort of how you're gonna line up um how's the game gonna play out. I think David Moyes from a West Ham perspective will be excuse me quite happy as he always it always is to go and play pragmatically. I mean we all know what his record is away from home at top six sides, atrocious is what it is. Yeah. Um, I think one point from a possible 96 or something. Um, and that normally sounds like one of the Will Pew exaggerations I do, but I think that actually is basically the record. Um, yeah. So how do you see it um, from a style perspective and how do you expect Arsenal to line up? Well, it's difficult, isn't it? Because I, I, you guys will know a bit more than me. I haven't looked too far into West Ham, but I assume you'll have all of your... World Cup players back, Rice will be back and things like that, That from what you can gather. Yeah, Deckers will play. He certainly went and watched us the other day, so that basically means he's ready to go. Um, it's only question yeah, marks over Aguero, isn't there? Because of his injury, but other than that. And big big Alphonse Areola, but he'd only be on the bench anyway. Um, yeah. Just sobbing yeah. over his World Cup runners-up medal, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, you won't be, apart you've obviously got a lot of injuries, and long-term injuries and whatnot, and had the, is it the the defender Agard or whatever his name is is injured yeah, as well? Yeah. But um, like we, it's going to be very much I imagine similar to last season. Will I can see very much Arsenal on the front for for throughout, and you trying to dig in and and similar to what you did at Liverpool uh, recently. Was it? I remember that game where you you actually only started playing in the second half. It seemed like in that game, but. Actually, played quite well. So, I, yeah, exactly that. And if you cut it, I, I don't. You know, you to watch obviously way more West Ham than I do. But that just seemed like typical West Ham for me. If you come out actually with that attitude early on, you might like his record wouldn't be as shocking because you might go and nick nick a few games away against these top six sides because it looks like you can compete there. It's just the mentality thing with West Ham, and I think. Mentally, we'll have the game one. I do actually think we've got. We'll have the game one before we even kick a ball, just because that is that is the way it is. Like West Ham will come with quite a negative attitude. We'll have quite a majority of the ball throughout the game, and and actually see quite a relatively comfortable win in the end. But again, 
if that isn't the case, please do delete this podcast off the internet. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the uh, Dan Cut says Arsenal will romp to victory over Hammers before lifting Premier League title well, every, and record early time. <laughs> every time I've come on here before, the podcast before, I've always predicted either an Arsenal a draw or an Arsenal loss. Yeah. Because I haven't got it in my heart to, uh, to ever say Arsenal wings. I know what they're like, but actually with... This was in seasons gone by when we've been absolutely pretty rubbish. So, yeah, um, I'm hoping. And then have gone on to beat us. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm yeah. hoping this may have the uh, the opposite um, effect. Hello. Well, I'm not really sure what happened there, um, Jonesy mm. and Cutsy. I don't know if you can still hear me. Uh, <laughs> ducked out of the the streamyard. Um, James Jones has, has logged back in already, as has Cutsy. Uh, absolutely oh. no idea what happened there, lads. Sorry, apologies. Got, did we all get kicked <laughs> out there, did we? I got, it was I just got me. I was just left in on my own. Oh, apologies. Um, I got kicked out. The pro- professional podcaster that I am, I've seamlessly carried on the, uh, the monologue. <laughs> so the listeners won't be with a, um, a, big, a big gap of silence. Um, so I think, uh, Katsi, you were just in the middle of explaining, um, or I was in the middle of hoping, actually, that in years gone by when you've come on the pod uh, yeah. and predicted a, a West Ham victory or an Arsenal draw, Arsenal then gone on to romp home 3-0. So this time yeah. around, fingers crossed. Um, there'll be a... Uh, yeah, you've yeah. predicted a win and a West Ham will win yeah. at the Emirates. I, I just can't see it. Jonesy, do you... Your car can't see Moisey changing... Can you? I think it's going to be. Is you? I think Moisey just looks at games away at the big six, and he looks at them as goal difference preserving exercises, genuinely. And I just think he thinks if he comes away from City, uh, Anfield, Old Trafford, uh, Chelsea, Arsenal, and maybe not Spurs, um, but certainly yeah, the other big teams, not Spurs. Um, he he looks at those and thinks if I come away with less than a two nil or two nil defeat or less then that's all right because he's always, even at Everton when he was really good and, and for us, his success is built on beating the teams that you're supposed to like, you're supposed to be around in the league. Do you know what I mean? We've never, we haven't really been like walloped, have we, Jonesy, since Moisey's been in charge against a big team. We, we Where we used to get, a, we'd be on the end of a four or five every now and then. Man City are giving us a couple of hidings, haven't they? But we haven't really been on in the end of any no. brutal defeats. And I think no, that's, that's probably why he keeps doing it. That's probably why he keeps yeah. doing it. He's thinking, well, I've, I've not been battered by this team since I came back. So yeah. I'll just keep doing what I'm doing. And hopefully I might make a point or, uh, as you say, not lose five or six nil instead. Hmm. Um, but I think he's gonna, it's going to be the same setup. I can't see him changing. He's had six weeks to work it out and to try and change form. And I think everyone knows deep down that he's going to go in. It's going to be sit back for 75 minutes. If we're only one nil down by then, we'll attack for the last fifteen and hope for the best. And um, that's what we did. That's what we did. Well, you you boys will probably talk about this in further detail and have done recently. Are you surprised that they didn't? I think you're overestimating the quality of our podcast. (laughs) uh, Quite honestly, (laughs) did you? Did you? Are you lot surprised that they didn't make a change? In in I'm not. I'm not surprised they didn't. Um, I just. They were just never going to do it. He's got too much credit in the bank with them. Um, and I think give, after they backed him with 170 million quid in the summer, yeah. it would have been too much of a risk, I think, to have sacked him 
and then risk a manager coming in and then not wanting that 170 million quid's worth of players. Yeah. And then it requires another rebuild so soon after the investment. Yeah. Um, they'll stick with him for the season. Like, unless, unless it's it like getting really, really yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Unless it gets really bad, they'll stick with him and then we'll go again next year. They'll give him more money next summer. But we're not going to go, we're not going to slip into the relegation zone. I know we look close to it now, but we genuinely are too good for that. Like, we and Moise, we were in 2003, save, mate. No, <laughs> but we were, okay. were we? That's save different. the podcast, save the podcast. Wait a minute, <laughs> we're too good to go down. This is definitely going to bite him again. <laughs> Goodness sake, when Arsenal win the league and myself go down, that would be really will be the end for me. No, but I just think. We're, we're too, Moise is too pragmatic, to be honest, to go down. And we've got to, mate, we can't have a player who starts for Brazil in centre midfield and England's starting centre midfielder. We can't have those two players and go we'll down. Ve- would be very West Ham if you did, though, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that is very true. Listen, Katsi, it's been brilliant having you on. Well, thanks Mate, for having we'll me just again, do a quick, a quick round of um, of score predictions. First of all, Cutsy, I, I hate to do this in such a public forum. Are we going to the game or not? I think we are. Uh, I just need to speak to news. <laughs> I need to speak to someone today, but I will speak to you outside of the podcast and give you. That feels like more appropriate, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> especially when, especially when I let you down with an hour to go, saying actually, yeah. maybe I haven't got a ticket at all. Quite, quite honestly, my, my old man. <laughs> yeah, quite honestly, I'd be absolutely <laughs> delighted. I think. Um, right, let's do score predictions then. Cuts. Uh, I'll hear from you first. West Ham Arsenal at the Emirates on Boxing Day, eight pm kickoff. Three or four one Arsenal. Oh, yeah. I mean, I said, I said, I said, I think, yeah, (laughs) Yeah. that cut that that one. Yeah, (laughs) I don't know. I know I said it too confidently as well, didn't I? Uh, that is, maybe you'll yeah. feel maybe you'll feel better when I also predict three or four one to Arsenal. Yeah, I think I've got to stop having a pint at lunchtime, haven't I? And coming uh, coming yeah. onto the yeah, coming onto the podcast. It is Christmas after all. But yeah, I yeah. just think we'll be a bit too uh I think we'll I think we'll hit the ground running again. I really do. And um if West Ham come with that the same attitude they have at the top six teams over the last few years, from what I've seen of them, we'll have far too much of them. Uh, for them and uh, yeah I think we'll win 3 or 4 one Jonesy uh, Hart says we'll, we'll nick a point one all uh, Head says we'll, we'll probably lose 3 or 4 one <laughs> you know what let's make it I don't think this has happened on the podcast before that we have a clean sweep <laughs> of uh, the exact same score prediction so I'm also going to think that West Ham are going to lose 3 or 4 one at the Emirates on Boxing Day Dan Cutts uh, sports editor for the Sun huge gooner Thanks so much for joining us, mate. We appreciate you coming on the show. Again, do let me know if we're going to the game. If we're not, that's totally okay. If it's not, <laughs> happy Christmas to me is all I can say about Exactly. Thanks for having me. Have a lovely Christmas. Brilliant. You too, mate. Again, mate. Stay down. with Cheers, us, with me and James. You all have some final thoughts next. Cheers, mate. Uh, so, Jonesy, uh, there we go. Dan Cuts there. This has been seamless. The whole podcast just in one take it's like when they do it in hollywood movies they almost certainly win an oscar uh we've managed to do it in a podcast the editing for you this week is going to take you about four minutes you're yeah. you're blooming welcome um so talking of four minutes we've only got four minutes before you've got to get out of there uh a decent show that Let's just give me some final thoughts then it was a good show um probably spent a little bit too too long chatting about how controversial the world cup was 
um, on reflection. But you know, you know, we've got we have to, as the We Are West End podcast, we have to touch on the most pressing matters. Um, so like yeah, more weight loss. Yeah, like my weight loss. Um, more time on that. Body transformation, wonderful. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think it's been good. I'm I'm glad that we're we're getting back in the flow of things. It's good to good to be back properly and, and seeing your face at least once a week. And um and uh, moaning about West Ham, which weirdly enough we've not played for six weeks and we still managed to moan about West Ham yeah, at exactly. some point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, happy days. Buzzing to be back, mate. Yeah, quality, mate. Quality. Uh, I'm delighted that you're back as well. Uh, that we're both back. West Ham Arsenal on Sunday at the Emirates. We will do a podcast next week, I think, mate. Shall we um, have a little quick look back on the Emirates? Yeah. Quick look ahead to the uh, the Brentford game. I got some time off, so. Um, yeah, we'll do that um, next week. So you'll have a podcast as usual. Well, say as usual. We don't normally do them over the Christmas break, but we had a break for the World Cup. So me and Jonesy are fit and raring to go again. Well, Jonesy's fit and raring to go, as you'll see if you go to his Instagram at by James Jones. Um, I am fat and ready to go. <laughs> I don't know if that uh, quite rings off the tongue as well. But uh, you can follow us on Twitter at we are underscore West Ham. I'm at William Pugh underscore Jonesy's at by James Jones. We're on Instagram at we are West Ham pod. Uh, we're on Facebook as well. You can search us over there and get us on YouTube. Um, if you're going to do any of those, yeah, go over to the YouTube channel, search We Are West Ham Podcast. Jonesy does a sterling job of putting all the clips up over there so you can get us over there. And you can buy us a Christmas beer if you so wish at buymeacoffee.com slash we are West Ham. Uh, those are very much appreciated. Me and Jonesy have postponed our Christmas beers um, to uh, next year at some point. Uh, could quite fit them in the schedule, but we're doing the podcast instead. Uh, so if you fancy buying us a pint to say happy Christmas, say thanks for uh, all the stuff this season, as a few of you have done already, you can do that at buymeacoffee.com slash we are West Ham. Money goes straight to Jonesy and I. We only spend it over the bar in a pub or on podcast equipment and guest fees to make the show better for you guys. Uh, thanks very much for joining us this week and this year. The last, uh, no, it's not. It's the penultimate show of 2022. So ignore me. Uh, I'll do all that stuff next week. West Ham are back. The Premier League's back. A big Boxing Day clash at the Emirates on Sunday. Surely David Moyes is going to pick up some points away at a big six team one day. Why can't it be Boxing Day? Happy Christmas, everyone. Have a great break, whatever you might be doing, wherever you might be in the world. Don't forget the West Ham United are still massive. Up the hammers and me and James will see you next week. Hi, this is Tony Cotty and you're listening to the We Are West End podcast. Sports Social Podcast Network.